No part of this lecture may be reproduced in any form, even for personal use. With an important point in psychology, how a person can change his nature. The big principle is teaching now, the next paragraph. On and but, his brain and earth look further into the matter. Who told us a slot is just as the swiftness of energy to do things is the result of the inner enthusiasm, it means from the inside it goes to the outside. He said the same is from the outside, it affects the inside too. Cain means readers by behaving in a matter in a manner of being energetic, acting in an energetic manner. Yevolet high slatis. The enthusiasm is created thereby. By being energetic in the outward way, it creates an inner enthusiasm. That's a very important principle that the Messiah Lesharam teaches. We call it the chitsenius mereves The exteriority bestows the interiority. So let's say a person comes in and is not enthusiastic about the dominant, but he starts saying the words. With enthusiasm, after a while, the flame wakes up within him. So it's like auto-suggestion. So if you want to be a fine person, act fine to people, and even though inwardly you're not so, you're only deceiving them, after a while, your inside changes and you become good. So if you are, let's say, polite to people, after a while, you become inwardly polite too. Now all these things have a very big effect on the character. That's why it's important to say polite words, not to talk gruff words. Polite words, even though you don't mean them, there's no question that your inside changes as a result of your exteriority. It's an important principle, and we'll talk about it more next time. Just say this side. We begin again the same paragraph, the omnum. Is on the subject of Zrizus, as training oneself to have energy, alacrity in doing the right thing, not to postpone. The Omnon, his brain and earth, look more into the matter. Shekemo has Zrizus, who told us, I slaughtered just like. The Mida of Zrizus is a result of inner enthusiasm. The person has inspiration and is interested in the subject. He does it with more energy. So therefore his outwardliness is a result of his interiority. Similarly, it works in reverse. From outward acts of alacrity, he creates an inner enthusiasm. Behaving as if you were enthusiastic engenders a reaction inside of you and it makes you enthusiastic. Now that's a principle in all behavior. We call it auto-suggestion. When a person does certain things or even says certain words, it creates certain attitudes in his mind. 
כמי שמרגיש עצמאות, למעשה המצווה, כמו שממיית נאוס אריסנו. When a person excites himself in the doing of a mitzvah, as if he were moving rapidly to do it, when he moves rapidly to do it with energy, Cain, he knew who goyrem, he also causes that his inner movements should become more rapid. His mind should become quicker and more ready to think about this matter. The mind is also lazy and it postpones. It doesn't understand, not interested. But once you do a thing with energy, so your mind begins to work also more rapidly and you become more interested and more enthusiastic about the thing. And the desire and the interest increases as you continue. Now that's a very important principle. It means if you wish to become, let's say, a better person, so you must act like a better person, even though you're not. And don't think it's a deception. You're merely deceiving people. The truth is you're deceiving yourself too. Because eventually you become influenced by your acts. If you speak polite words, kindly words, friendly words, in the course of time, that's what you become. If a person allows himself to speak rudely, to speak harshly, then that causes an inner reaction and his nature becomes rude and harsh. Now that applies to every form of behavior that you can think of, good and otherwise. And that's why the Chachomim insisted on Lashon Nekiyo, how important it is to speak a proper and decent language. Avoid words that are extreme and harsh. For instance, Tzadikim used to avoid the word B-A-D. Never said something is B-A-D, bad. Always used to say it's not good. Anything that hints of something negative, they avoid it with their words. And when they had to say news that wasn't pleasant news, they always try to have somebody else. They try to dodge reporting it. They didn't want to be the reporters on happy news. Because when you tell somebody that something happens that makes him feel sad, you're inflicting sadness on him. And when you inflict sadness on the person, it causes you to have a certain interest in doing that. It arouses an unholy pleasure in causing him sadness. And therefore we try to avoid saying Bisudas to people. We want only good news to tell to people. And telling people good news awakens kindliness within ourselves. That's a very important principle. Now first say up to here. Ach, im yesnaheg bechvedus bisnuas evolov, if he'll behave heavily in the movement of his limbs, means he does things in a slow way, gam tnuas lucho tishka vesifke. Also, the movements of his spirit will begin to sink and will become extinguished. That's something that experience testifies that it's so.
And therefore, he advises, act as if you're interested. Like, hurry to do a mitzvah. When you're going to Tzvila in the Beisach Nessist, going to learn, walk with alacrity, walk rapidly. When you're leaving the Beisach Nessist, walk slowly. Whatever is good, try to make an impression externally that you're doing it with enthusiasm. And he says, it will certainly have an effect on you. Now he adds, Omnum but, quote your data, but you know already, was Moses hired in the service of Hashem, who chefetz ha'leiv, said the desire of the heart and the yearning of the soul. It means even though it's very good to put on a front, an appearance of being interested and enthusiastic because of the final results that will happen, but of course there's no question that what really desired by Hashem is an inner interest, enthusiasm, the heart desires, the heart should desire the service of Hashem. David was proud of his good lot, means his good way in life, and he said, Just like the deer yearns for the springs of water, a thirsty deer is walking and is hoping for a spring of water and hopes with all his soul, it hopes with all his might for that water. We understand that. Its instinct is, it must have water in order to live. So my soul yearns for you, Hashem. So my nefesh thirsts for Elikim, for the living God. When can I come and show myself before the face of Hashem in his sanctuary? So David yearns with all his heart to come to the house of Hashem. Like a deer yearns for the life-giving spring. Say that. Um, Therefore, it's important to gain the means that inspire a person. Now, we have to know that we're inspired towards the service of Hashem by a number of ways. One way is when a person loves his people. That's starting from the lower level. You love your people. You're a patriot from Jewish nation. And therefore, you wish to participate in all the practices of those that serve Hashem. You love their ways. You love their customs. And from that you'll come, eventually, of course, to love the service of Hashem intrinsically. Another way is when the person begins to understand what Hashem has done for him. And he spends a good deal of time thinking how fortunate he is, how he was preserved from so many misfortunes that came upon people all around him. Never broke a bone in his life. Doesn't have any illnesses. Other people are suffering troubles in the family. All kinds of disasters that take place with people. They're bankrupt. Some people have to beg for a living. And he thinks constantly of all that Hashem did for him. He comes to love Hashem. Even by saying 
I love you, Hashem, constantly, it also causes him to love Hashem. And that's the greatest thing, to cause an inner desire. That's what he's talking about fundamentally. To get an inner desire to do the will of Hashem. Now also by learning Torah. People who learn Torah become enamored of the Torah. They love its ways, they love its system. They're so accustomed to it, like walking in a path in a garden that you traverse many times. You love the sights and the sounds of the garden. Here also, when you love the Torah, you learn the Gemara, you learn the Chumash, you learn the Mephoshim. After a while, it's baked into your heart and becomes part of your personality. Now, these are various ways, different ways. There are more ways. That all these ways together can create a real, a true, intrinsic love of Hashem in your heart. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you. means not only my inner spirit, my flesh, like my nerves, and my body longs for you, Hashem. Now, that's the very greatest form of to have a desire in your heart. He says, Ulan but, Odom, Asher Einachem Doazesh Lahetis Bot Choroi, a person in whose heart this desire does not burn so brightly, he doesn't have so much desire in his heart as we just described. A good counsel, a good advice to him is, She is Doris Biritsene, he should use his will to energize himself, to make himself act energetic. That as a result of his behavior, that the desire should become a natural part of his nature, like we said above. Means don't think that by acting interested, by acting energetic in the service of Hashem, that's enough, let's say a person shakes. Shaking could be a means of arousing a person's enthusiasm. But if a person wants to be with shaking, you think that's enough, making a terrible error? Because after all, it's only a superficial exterior act. If you're doing it for the purpose of awakening your interiority, all right. But if you're going to remain with that, as very many people do, they put all their energy into the shaking and nothing into the thinking. And therefore, it's a pity that these people have lost the purpose for which they were doing this. Because the exterior movement, bestows the inner movement of the character. And and certainly, he has more power over his exteriority than he has over his interiority. Not so easy to cause your mind, actually, to fall in love with the Torah, fall in love with Hashem, to fall in love with the firm Jewish nation. That's not that easy. But to act like you do, it's much easier, let's say, to speak in praise of firm Jews, that's easy. To speak in praise of of Sadiqim, that's easy. As a result, you might come to have it in your heart too. So to bring it into your heart directly is the very best thing, but that's not so simple. 
You have to study what Hashem does for you and to think of the greatness of Hashem, of our past history, how Hashem loved our forefathers, how He guided our nation through thick and thin, the miracles He did for us, how He saved us from Homon, He saved us from all the wicked people of the world, and He brought us down to this day we're still alive. And you thank Hashem for that, or you yourself, how He took you perhaps out of an adverse environment, and He brought you to Torah, He protected you against all the influences around you that are torn away boys and girls and made them go lost and Baruch Hashem you're here today because Hashem gave you a special protection and you're grateful to Him you think about these things and that could cause an inner love of Hashem but the outer love of Hashem is much easier acting as if you love everything you come to shul let's say you come to shiurim you participate in everything you say the right words you put money in this doctor box you act like a firm servant of Hashem then you should know that's much easier and that's more obligatory what's easier is more required of you <coughs> so the person neglects the external efforts is going to be held more responsible because the interior efforts, although they're more a, a greater accomplishment, but they're not so easy to fulfill. Say that aside. Tafnun <laughs> hey. Five shooters up from the bottom. Before, he explained that there are two approaches to improving one's character. One is an interior approach, which means actually changing himself by his willpower, which is certainly not easy because he doesn't have such a full control over his emotions. The second way is by external actions which influence his interiority, like auto-suggestion. Now that's easier because the external actions are more readily controlled by him. And therefore, if he practices doing things in a seemingly energetic way, it arouses eventually in him an interior energy, and he really becomes enthusiastic. He starts davening, even though he didn't feel that way. After a while, his emotions catch up to his exteriority, and he becomes more enthusiastic inside too. Now, ah, in Yishtamesh Bameh if he makes use of that which is more easily in his power, that's his externality, he will acquire even that which is not in his power so easily as a result. Hemsha means as a result. As a result of controlling his exteriority and making it seem enthusiastic, also his interiority changes and it does become more enthusiastic. It's only, not only in this, in every attitude, 
if a person practices certain attitudes in exteriority, his interiority after a while responds and becomes also similar to that. Let's say, <coughs> a person doesn't like to give charity, but he gives anyhow, after a while he acquires the attitude that charity is a good thing. And he doesn't feel any more any difficulty, not much difficulty. When a person is not responsive to people, but he tries to act polite and friendly towards people, after a while he bestows in himself an inner spirit of friendliness. That's his shita, and he tells him to make use of what's easier for you in order to control that which is more difficult for you. Because there will be created inside of him the inner joy and the desire and the delight to do these things because he has inspired himself with his outward acts which he did with his will. So a person desired to make himself better, and he made his outward acts look as if he was willing, then inwardly and after a while, he gains a certain will willingness too. Now he quotes what the Navi said. The Nadeo, let's know, let's pursue to know Hashem. So what does that mean, let's know, let's pursue? It means, let's pursue that path that people who fear Hashem walk in that path, then in the course of time we will acquire also that attitude of fear of Hashem. And that's one of the ways of gaining fear of Hashem, as by practicing the mitzvahs and doing everything with a certain alacrity, after a while he gains a feeling that he should always serve Hashem with his deeds. Now of course, a person is willing to put in time, he can change himself also by willpower. He makes himself understand how great is the virtue of fulfilling the words of Hashem, and he becomes enthusiastic merely by his own willpower. But that's not as easy as doing things externally, which automatically affect his interiority. Another Pazikosu. They should walk after Hashem like a lion they will roar. It means first they walk after Hashem. But after a while, they start singing and they start shouting in enthusiasm. So once you start in a moderate way doing the things, after a while it becomes an inner enthusiasm. Say that. The way to acquire Zrizus. Now he told us already one of the stratagems. But now he's speaking about something else. He's speaking about motivations. What are the motivations that a person should employ in order to create in himself this spirit of energy and enthusiasm? That's what he's talking about now, the motivations. The means by which we can acquire Zrizus 
They're the same as the means by which you acquire Zahiris. Now briefly we'll review in the matter of Zahiris to be careful and to keep a mind on what you're doing. Have a surveillance on your actions and on your way in life in general. He gave three motivations. One motivation was the pursuit of perfection. Perfection is a grand ideal of the people of noble and generous character. They want to make something out of themselves. And just as the desire for perfection can make a person more careful in observing what he does and thinking about himself, it also be a force to drive him to be more energetic and accomplishing things, like learning Torah and changing his character and acquiring ideas and knowledge of Hashem and so on. And the second motivation mentioned above was for people of a lesser degree who don't have such a yearning for perfection, a motivation for glory. Everybody wants to be important. And to become important in the eyes of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it's necessary for a man to keep his mind on what he's doing and think about himself. And that's a very important form of a dynamo to push a person to accomplish things. Everybody wants to be important. And therefore, that itself is a, another motivation. A third motivation for people of a lesser degree is the desire for reward and, to, and the fear of punishment. Reward and punishment when people fulfill mistress or transgress avayas. And that is considered the lower of the three, because the desire for reward to be paid off with wealth and happiness and even Ulam Habo is less than the previous two that he mentioned before. And the fear of punishment is afraid his life will be cut short or troubles will come upon him. That is a motivation that's less than the other two motivations. However, in case it's necessary, you can use these two motivations also. This desire for reward will get him to do more things more energetically and the fear of punishment will deter him from neglecting to do his duties. By the way, it doesn't mean that the people of perfect character who yearn for perfection don't want to be important. No, it doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that they're not afraid of punishment, don't want the reward. They do, but in addition to the two lower levels, they have a desire for perfection too. The man that wants covered, who wants to become important, he desires also reward in this world and the next world, and he wants to avoid punishment. But the third one is only motivated by the fear of punishment and the desire for reward. Now, the degree is according to the same degrees that he mentioned, three degrees in the matter of Zahilis. Like I wrote above. Because the subjects of Zahilis and Zahilis are very much similar. The only difference between Zahilis and Zahilis is the Zahilis is in the matter of doing mistress, positive mistress, and the reasons, 
is in a, as a hilas is a matter of avoiding losas negative commands. Chasher yis amis eitzalodem goydel erech hamis v'sorev chorasuhem. When a man becomes convinced how great is the importance of mitzvahs and how great is his obligation to fulfill them, v'aday sheyis erech belibo ela avedo. He surely his heart will be, be stirred to the service of Hashem, but will yisrap him and he will not be weak and lazy in it. So it means the same motivations that cause a man to avoid doing what's wrong will also cause a man to be motivated to do what's good. Now, we should understand that, not merely the words. It's important to think about that. Think about the perfection of character that comes from doing things, the perfection that comes from knowing Torah. Learning Torah is a great perfection. The perfection of gaining knowledge of Hashem, His ways, understanding what our Kodesh Baruch system in the world is. There are many things to study that cause the mind to become greater. Many things to do. Every mitzvah causes a certain perfection in the doer. Asher Kiddushonu mitzvah, he makes it holy with his mitzvahs. And therefore, the desire for perfection is a powerful motivation to do things, just like it's a motivation to avoid wrong things. The desire for covet, you are important if you do mitzvahs. You are important if you learn Torah. You are important if you gain knowledge of Hashem. You are important if you gain good qualities of character by your labor. And importance, therefore, is something that's to be desired. A person doesn't learn, Unimportant. A person doesn't change his characters. Unimportant. A person doesn't know the knowledge that you can gain about Hashem is unimportant. And therefore, it's a pity to be unimportant. Everybody craves to be important in this world. Who doesn't want covet? And then, reward, certain rewards for mitzvahs. Eternal rewards for mitzvahs. Besides, in this world, mitzvahs pay off in this world too. Just like the reward for not doing Aves. There's a word to doing mitzvahs. And there's a punishment for not doing mitzvahs. For neglecting mitzvahs, I call this brother who takes action. And he brings disasters. Misfortune on people for neglecting to do mitzvahs. Just like it brings misfortune on those who fulfill the others. Therefore, the same motivation should be utilized, but it has to be utilized. We have to think about that. We have to desire perfection of a character. We have to desire to be important in ourselves, not to be nobodies. It's a pity to be a nobody. It's a shame to be a nobody. And we should desire also the reward that Hashem gives and to avoid the punishments that come for failing to do mischief. Say that inside. And now he starts a very big subject. The Omnum, but Ma What you can utilize to give more power to this awakening of the understanding we mentioned just now. There's another factor that'll give a push, a power to these things that you mentioned above. Who I histaklus that's a practice of looking into the many benefits 
that I call this brotherhood does with men at all times and all seasons. Look constantly into what Hashem is doing for you. In addition to what He does in general for the world, He causes the sun to shine, He causes the winds to blow, causes rain to come down, causes food to grow from the earth, he causes fruits to come out of the trees. He causes the weather, air to be fresh constantly. He causes all the good things in general. In addition, he gives you health, the fact that your body functions, every organ has a special benefit. You don't have headaches frequently, don't have muscle pains, didn't break many bones, maybe no bones at all. You have to consider how fortunate you are. You have food every day, you have a home, you have a roof over your head, sometimes you have a family also with you, you have clothing, so many things you have to study, each article of the clothing, until you gain a very great love of Hashem and a feeling, what can I do to repay Him? And that's an important function of all mankind. Like it says, <laughs> Such is the duty of all those who have been created. Don't say Yehudim. Jews. is all people. Every form of praise, every human being is obligated, and if he doesn't perform it, HaKadosh Baruch considers him derelict in his behavior. To praise Hashem in thanksgiving is the first duty of all mankind, especially the Jewish nation. And if Lois and the great miracles that Hashem did with him, since he was born, being born, the great miracle. So many are born dead, or born maimed, brain dead, or born cripples, with some blemish. He was born perfect. It's a miracle. A doctor once told me. When a child is born normal, it's miracles. The Gentile doctor said that. It's miracles. But there's so many things that have to be just right in order to have a normal child. And then, from then on, how many miracles Hashem does constantly that we don't think about? Not aware of them. Until your last day, Hashem is doing miracles to you. The more you continue to look into these things, you begin to understand how great is his obligation to try to repay Hashem. Hashem, who is doing all these good things for him. And they're going to be means to prevent him from being lazy and negligent in his service of Hashem. Since he's surely not able to repay Hashem, then all he can do is demonstrate his gratitude. At least, let him thank his name, and fulfill all his commandments. Now we just learn here the fundamental motivation of the Torah that's expected of everybody. That's the reason why we keep the Torah, because we are grateful to Hashem. And therefore, this gratitude, however, does not exist in the heart thinking about what Hashem does for you. That's going to serve as a very great motivation for Zerizus to be energetic and doing the will of Hashem. Say that. Yeah.
Now, in the next paragraph, he wants to forewarn us. We might think that only people who are especially fortunate have reasons to be grateful to Hashem. But now he tells us it's not so. There's no man, no matter in which situation he finds himself, in only in whether poor or wealthy, in body, if he's healthy or even if he's ill, who won't be able to see wonders and many benefits in this present situation. Everyone, without exception, is obligated to see this. If he's wealthy and he's well, he certainly is obligated to Hashem for his wealth and for his health. And most people are called wealthy. If you have a home and you have food to eat, you have heat in your house, you have water in your house. You're a wealthy person. You have a bathroom in your house. You have all conveniences. And besides a telephone and a refrigerator and everything else. So we're wealthy. And then healthy, most of us are healthy. Don't have aches and pains every day. Able to walk without crutches. We can see, don't need a white cane to tap the sidewalk. And therefore, most of us are wealthy and healthy. And we expect it to understand that and to sing to our Kodesh Baruch Hu, and to seek ways and means of demonstrating our gratitude to him. Heoni and the poor man, Chayavalo, he is guilty of obligations to Hashem. Sheafilu Bionyo, Mamsele Panasasadachnezophel, even in the middle of his poverty, Hashem provides him with his Panasa in ways that are miraculous. The poor man miraculously has food to live, eat, he survives. If you would think about it, wait, how did he get hold of this bread? It's a miracle that Hashem sent him whatever he needed. There ain't no man, you hold on he doesn't allow him to die in starvation. Unless a famine comes, holy But ordinarily, even poor people eat. Poor people have garments, don't have the most expensive garments, but they have garments. So therefore, the poor man has a great deal for which to be grateful to Hashem. And a person who is ill certainly wants to live. And he has to thank Hashem. Hashem supports him. In the midst of his heavy illness and his wounds, he supports him. This body causes the body to fight back against illness. The body has ways and means of healing itself. Hashem creates remedies in the body. It doesn't allow him to go down to the grave. And therefore, even a sick person has to thank Hashem with all his heart, all that's being done for him by Hashem. Say that aside. And similar thoughts. What he said here are only the barest outlines. But actually, there's so much to think about that we can never really fulfill the obligation even of thinking. The Chavis Aldovis in Shara Bechine spends a great deal of time on this, and still he told us he hasn't exhausted the subject.
And there is a lifetime function of a person to consider and to study all that Hashem does for him. And you have to ask, what can I pay back to Hashem? Kol all that He bestowed upon me. There's no man who cannot recognize how much he is obligated to his Creator. Before he said that one of the big motivations to have zrizis to do good things is when a person becomes aware of all the benefits that HaKadosh Baruch Hu bestowed him. He bestowed upon him many things that everybody else has and sometimes things others don't have. When a person looks into these benefits that he receives from Hashem, it's certain that he will be stirred up to be energetic in his service. Now this Vadai, because he's talking to people of his caliber. But talking to people of today is not Vadai. First of all, nobody actually thinks that Hashem is giving it. That's how it is. Everybody else has it. It's natural that he should have these things, people think. Nobody thinks Hashem is giving him air, is giving him water, giving him food. So it's not vadai at all. And if a person lives longer or is more successful, he thinks, I have, I lived a normal life, I have a healthy disposition, that's why I'm taking care of my health and so on. And he gives himself credit. It's not vadai at all. When he says vadai, is talking to people of his same degree of seichel. When people with seichel think into it, and they come to realize first there's Hashem. Hashem is in the world, not there is nature. Hashem gives everything. And he realizes he's getting it. The fact that he's getting it together with everybody else doesn't detract from the great benefit. And he should realize that in some ways he's better off than other people. A person like that thinks about it, Vadai, certainly it'll have an effect, and it'll bestow him to be more energetic in serving Hashem. I said, understand. Dilamayla, like I wrote above. And this I said many times, that we need a big seifa added as a hagdomen to the Messiah Shashar. A seifa is how to be a mensch. First you have to be a mensch. He's talking to people who react like decent people. But most people don't react like decent people. They don't say thank you when you do a favor for them, unless it's, they want to flatter you, you say, oh, another time. They say thank you as an investment for next time. They don't really have gratitude for anything that they get. And they don't believe in Hashem actually. is in the Siddha. It's in the Chumash, and that's all. And in order to be a mensch, a person has to believe first in Hashem, not in nature. Even a goy, who doesn't believe in Hashem, believes in nature, there is no place in the world. Even goyim, hallelujah, Hashem called goyim, all goyim have to thank Hashem. 
And secondly, I said, know that he is getting things that not everybody gets. Look how many blind people there are. And people who cannot walk. And people have to beg for a living. He has parmosa. How many people never married? He was married. And people never had any children. He has children. And thousands of things we just start enumerating. Therefore, the first thing is to be a mensch. Once you're talking to a mensch, then you can say, if you'll think about all these things, Vada, it's certain that you'll be Messiah. When you talk to a mensch, then it won't have any effect. Kol shekein im yizbeinen hayesh kol tuvei totally beyond his body. Certainly, if you'll think that all of his benefits depend only on Hashem, it means even though Hashem is doing good things to him, but who says it will continue? Who says his health will continue? Or his palmas will continue? And therefore, an honest it should continue, the man will make it his business to do what Hashem expects of him. Umashem is Although that he needs, and what he's forced to have, some things he needs, but he can get along without them. Some things he's forced, he can't get along without them. All time he is brought from him. All time from Hashem he is brought And not from anyone else. I'll share Al Kain Vada again about it. If it's certain, Shalom Yisrael may Abed Avezos is brought and working in his service. So when a person understands these two things, first of all, that is getting benefits from Hashem, and he should be grateful, that alone is Vada that it'll bestow him to be energetic in serving Hashem. Secondly, he should know that only Hashem can give the benefits. And therefore, he should try to find favor in Dashi between Zivas and Zizas is explained in three ways. First, stay inside, I won't talk about it. So now we see that all three categories that approach the subject of Zahiris with different viewpoints, these three also approach the subject of Zizas differently. Now he explains. Kikvor in Yonamecha, because it's the same. Zehiras and Zrizas have the same motivations that cause people to fulfill them. Now he explains. One can learn from the other. Like I said above. People of perfect minds who understand their inspiration to do things is because of their obligation. If it's a duty to do what you have to do, it's a mitzvah of the Torah, it's a mitzvah of the Seifel. Sometimes your conscience tells you, even though it's not written in any Seifel, so they'll do it because they have to do it. And sometimes, because they are important acts, even they weren't commanded to do it, but the act is so important and so worthwhile, he'll do it anyhow. That's for people with intelligence. 
people with full intelligence will do the things because they must be done, and secondly, because it's worth doing them. They're important things. People who are lesser degree, not shleimi hadas, misad ho'elam have two motivations. They want oilam habo. They want to be rewarded in the world to come. And also they want the great honor of the world to come. Happiness and the honor of the world to come. Shalom tasigeu busha magmu. This shouldn't come upon him. The great shame on the day of recompense. When he sees the great benefit he could have gained by acting properly in this world, and now he saw he lost it forever, in the world to come, it'll be a regret that'll be forever and ever. That's for the people of lesser degree, and that is a motivation to make them get busy and do the things that they should do. Otherwise, in the world to come, they'll regret it forever. And to people of still lesser intelligence, because of this world and the needs of this world. Lower people don't think of the next world, but they think of this world. And they understand that Kodesh Baruch controls the world. And they don't do what's expected of them, then misfortunes will come upon them. There's no question about it. And therefore, that's enough to inspire them to do what's right. Rashti Shomer, like he explained above, the Milo in the matter of Zahiris. So the three different kinds of motivations for Zahiris apply equally to the matter of Zahiris. Say that. Now these three Madregas also on the same person. He's talking now to an old man who learned a great deal. So he understands that the pursuit of shlemus, the pursuit of perfection, that's the most important thing. He's talking, let's say, to a young man. He's not so yet imbued with the idea of shlemus, but he wants covet. He's ambitious. So we tell him, if you want ambition, you have to know. You have to be a man who fulfills everything is his and Jesus. And he's talking to boys. Boys may not have a full circle about the feeling of covet yet. But they certainly are afraid of punishment. We talk to boys in the way boys understand. You want to live, you have to fulfill the words of our college board. If we get a little older, we add to that idea. You want to be somebody, don't you? Remain a nobody? And we keep on inspiring him. And when there's an older person, we say, if you want shlemus, want perfection of soul, perfection of character, which is the greatest thing a person can get, you have to be busy with zeros and zeros. Now the next he explains which things are barriers, obstacles to acquire this meat of Zrizus. And how to keep away from these things. That's the system in all the 
degrees that he explains in this Tefa. And he gets to explaining the subject, he tells that what are the things that can cause a person to lose these madrigas. Even after he acquired them, he worked to get them, we have to be careful to make sure he doesn't lose them. Because there's certain things that cause the people to lose all the good things they acquired. They evaporate after a while if you're not careful. And then he tells us how to avoid these things that cause him to lose the good medium. In the Mavsidus, what are the things that are barriers for Zrizus? Haim, Haim, Migidule, Fatsla. They are results of laziness. Now, laziness, we have to know, has results. Not merely plain laziness. Like he explained above, a lazy man has all kinds of terutsim. As we explain, seven mashgichim come up in the dormitory in the morning to wake up a boy to go down to the with a minion. He lies in his bed and he can give all seven arguments why he shouldn't get out of bed. So doesn't pay to get out of bed now. He says, I should wait a half hour or an hour later then I'll get up. And he gives them all kinds of swallows. So the laziness is capable of inspiring the mind to work overtime to find excuses. Now, as a result of the laziness, a number of things develop in the person. Not only the laziness itself, but the gidule aslo, things that grow out of his laziness. We are the biggest of all, now he starts with the fundamental one, who barkoshas hamanucho hagufis, to seek physical repose, physical rest. He doesn't want to bother himself. That's the main one. Of course, that's a fundamental one. And he hates bothering himself, working or doing anything. Like he explained above, it's the nature of the body to want inertia. And in order to move the body, you have to push it with chaos to do something. And therefore, the cycle has to be strong enough to be a dynamo, like a motor, to cause the body to go. Let's say he has a car. The car doesn't go by itself. car needs a motor that will drive it. And the motor is a cycle. If he has enough cycle, then the motor, of course with gasoline together, will cause the car to go. Now that's already one of the byproducts. And he loves delights and pleasures. A lazy man is a nasha. What does he do? He's always going to the refrigerator to eat something. Always looking in the pantry, what else can he nash? Because he's a lazy man. Instead of going to the shiurim, let's say at night, he sits at home and tries to find this and that pleasures to do. Sometimes he tunes in on the radio, and sometimes Chasu Sholem has a TV, reads newspapers. It looks all kinds of things to pass the time. Entertainment, that's the word for it. Avas ho'idunim. He loves pleasures. Now that's only because of laziness. Because suppose a man was making money, and easily he could make a lot of money by standing longer in his business. And the fact that at home he had plenty of nasharai and plenty of fun and good times at home, he wouldn't go home. As long as the cash register continues to ring, or the money continues to come in, he won't go away. He loves money. But if he doesn't make any money, no customers, so what does he do? 
he finds something else to do. He closes his store and he goes home. And instead of going to Shiurim and using his time for himself, he looks for pleasures to take up the time. And to complete all the conditions. In other words, he doesn't want merely the things that cost pleasure. He looks for the very best. So sometimes he goes out to eat. He doesn't eat merely at home. He wants to eat out someplace else. Or even at home. He doesn't even that's satisfied with a meal. He looks for various things, not shy after the meal. So betashlum, to complete all the conditions. Now that's not only in eating, in everything. A lazy man is looking for some way of fulfilling his desires for something. That's why it said, B'neinu zeh, Zoyle a rebellious son, he doesn't listen to his parents, and therefore, since he's empty of all ideals, what does he do? He eats and he drinks. A man like that does something. He has to do something to fill the time, so he eats and drinks. Like he says, Mave ze odom, Mave, the one who desires things, Gemara says. That's odom. Mave ze odom. And it explained, why is a man desirous of things? Because he has nothing in him. The empty man, he was desiring something. You know, there's something to desire. He knows he doesn't understand that he's desiring perfection of character. That's instinct in him. He's desiring something. He doesn't know what. But because he's desiring something and doesn't get it, he thinks it's nasharai, it's eating and drinking, or mischief, and trouble. And therefore, he looks for substitutes to fill that yearning in his heart. Because everybody yearns for perfection. He's born with instinct to look for perfection. So Mave, the person who seeks things and is a mazik, the Odom. Why is a man who is a Mave an Odom? Because a Mave is worse than a Bebehemi, has something to eat, it's satisfied. It stands still and eats the grass and drinks the water and that's all. But a man, no matter how much he's given to eat, is never satisfied. And continues to go further and further. He looks and looks for other things. A man is a seeker. And he doesn't have what he finds. He seeks nasharai and good times and sometimes forbidden good times. Runs to Manhattan at night. And therefore, all these things are the result of laziness. Because he was an energetic man, he'd apply himself to the real purpose of life, and at night he'd go to Shiurim and make something out of himself. Say that inside. No. Again, Perik Tess, we'll start again. Perik Tess at the bottom. Nunzain at the bottom is Perik Tess. Rebeyor Mafside Hazizus, he explains those things that are obstacles to Zrizus, or even if a person has acquired Zrizus, they cause him to lose that quality. How to keep away from these obstacles? That's why you should read. The things that are opposed to Jesus are things that grow out of the middle of laziness. It's not mere laziness itself, but there are things that result from laziness, like you'll soon explain. The biggest 
of these obstacles, of course, is bakoshes hamenuchagufis, the desire for physical repose, rest. The sinas hateach, and the dislike to do things that are necessary to bother himself. The avas hoidunim, and this is adding already now, loving of luxuries, betashlum kol tinoehem, and fulfilling all the conditions of the luxuries. When a man is energetic and wants to do things, he's then interested in extra things that he doesn't need. When a man is looking for excuses not to do things, then he starts pottering around and looking for every little pleasure that he can get to take up his time. To fulfill all the conditions of the pleasures. That's one of the results of laziness. The lazy man looks for opportunities to enjoy life as a substitute for the pleasure of being active and achieving things. So a man has instinctively a desire to achieve things, and that makes him happy. But if he's not achieving anything, so looks for substitutes for that, and he tries to look for pleasure. Say that aside. Kihine odom koze vadai shetichbat olof Such a man will surely find it very difficult to do the service for his Creator. If a person desires to eat all of his meals with a full repose and plenty of time, must sit long, let's say, at the dinner table, he wants to sleep without being disturbed from the sleep, and people are ambitious, so they get up in order to do things. But a man who is not ambitious, he prefers to have a nice long sleep beyond what ordinary people do. And he refuses to go unless slowly. No reason why he should hurry. Similar to these things. It'll become difficult for such a person to get up early to the basic necessities in the morning or to make his meal a little more abbreviated in order to come to Mincha in the afternoon. Or he'll be lazy to go out to do a mitzvah if the weather is not perfectly good. And surely he'll refuse the He certainly won't hasten to take hold of a mitzvah or the psalmeter. He certainly won't be interested to go to learn Torah. If someone accustoms himself by these practices, means he sits long at the dinner table and he sleeps whenever he has an opportunity. And He's not in a hurry to do anything. He keeps on postponing always. He's no longer a master over himself. He is enslaved to his habits. He cannot do the opposite even when he desires to do it. Let's say sometimes he thinks it's necessary to do something, but his laziness overcomes him like a slave who has gained power over the master. 
His will is already bound in the bonds of habit. And the habit becomes his second nature. Now this means that the person who acquires certain attitudes of postponing and neglecting to do things, after a while he should know that he won't be able to do. It says, Initially, Kimeyanu Yodavlas is his hands refuse to do. Now that means his hands are unwilling to obey his orders. Otherwise, when a person commands his hands to, to lift up, the hands lift up. But when the hands become accustomed to certain forms of rest, then they refuse to listen to his will. And his will becomes secondary to his body. Say that. Right up. So according to this, when you're urging such a man to do something, he considers you unreasonable. He considers you as if demanding of him something extreme. Because according to his present nature, it is unreasonable for him to do that. He accustomed himself to that attitude. Now, but... So a man must know He's not in this world for rest. This world is a place to labor and to exert yourself to do things. It's like a, a job. When you come on the job, you're not there to rest. Your working hours are for one purpose, that's for working. Resting it's after you finish your work. In this world, we're all under the conditions of employment. He should conduct himself in this world like workers who are working under masters who hired them. Like the one says, we are hired by the day. Every day, our who puts us on the job again. He gives us plenty of pay. He gives us food and clothing. He gives us a house to live in. He gives us all other things. But in return, he wants a day's work. Like those who go out in the army, in the regiments. They eat with haste. He can't sit down in the army and spend a long time on a meal. And their sleep is only snatched whenever they can get a chance. They can't sleep with all the conveniences in the army. And they're standing ready at any time to go into battle. That's how a person should consider himself... A man was created for toil, for work. If a person will accustom himself in this manner, you'll surely find it's much easier to do the service of Hashem. Once his attitude has changed, then it becomes different in all respects. It won't lack the readiness to do it. As long as the readiness is there, then he won't find it difficult. Even the conditions no longer seem difficult to him. 
That's what he says. This is the way of Torah. Eat a piece of bread with salt and drink water with a small measure and you'll sleep on the ground. Now, this is a method that he describes for people who want to succeed in Torah. That's the most extreme expression. To sleep on the ground and to eat bread and salt and just a little cup of water. And you're laboring in the Torah. So he says, You're happy in this world. A man who learns to accomplish he feels it not missing anything because his soul yearns to do something. His soul yearns for achievement. Actually, the pleasures can never fill the soul. It's always a deception. When this pleasure is over, it looks for another pleasure. But the happiness of achievement, that's the real happiness for which a person is living. Say that. <laughs> to sum up this mafsid is the desire for a luxurious style of life which results from the failure to have energy to accomplish something. Obsolesis. Is roiv ha-pachad v'goydol ha-meiro min azman Excessive fear. Too much trepidation because of the time and what can happen. It means the seasons may be considered unfavorable. It's too cold. It's dangerous to go out. Might catch a cold. Or it's too dark to go out now. It's too late to go out or too early to go out. Now, he's explaining it's a case where all of these fears are generated by the quality of inertia. It's laziness that's making him think of these ideas. Sometimes he's afraid it's too cold or too hot. Sometimes he's afraid that accidents might happen to him. Sometimes he's afraid that some illness might occur to him if he goes out or does something. Sometimes they think the wind is too strong for him. Similar things. Now he's not talking about legitimate dangers. There a person is fully justified in taking precautions. But he's talking about the very many cases where people think up excuses it's not something might happen or that is dangerous or that is against his health. And it's all generated only by his desire not to have to bother himself to do things. Like we learned above, The lazy man is wiser in his own opinion than seven wise men that speak to him. Because he can manufacture all kinds of ideas why he shouldn't do what they tell him to do. 
Like a man has a family. You say, well, I have to take care of my family. I have no time to do anything else. All my spare time has been devoted to a family. It's an excuse. When somebody comes like an excursion, for instance, to go someplace, runs with the excursion, all of a sudden he takes up days to go someplace else. What about his family during two whole days? And so, they're always finding excuses that seem to them legitimate excuses. Who And he quotes from Shlomo Omar also, the lazy man said, Shachal Baderach, there's a lion cub on the road. I can't walk on that road. Young lions sometimes traverse that road. Ali Bein there's a lion among the streets. Now that's something that's improbable, because wild animals usually don't go into a town. But this man is thinking, he heard something, heard a noise, so he thinks it's a lion out there. Al-Chachomim showed their scorn for this attitude. And they applied it to sinners. This attitude of excessive caution, too much fear, is a matter of sinners. The Pesach aids them. In Sion, the sinners are afraid. The chanefim, that's people who are false, are seized by a trembling. It means there are certain considerations that ordinarily nobody would think about, but sinful people, flat people who are false and looking for excuses, they can invent out of these things reasons why they should not do their duty. Say that inside. Okay. Bottom line, as one of the great men said to his disciple, when he saw that he was afraid, he said, you're a sinner. Because it says, the sinners are those who are afraid. And again, we're not talking about when there is a real cause to be afraid, then, so in the Sun Mitzvah, to beware of what could happen. But these are people that exaggerate the fear and make it an excuse not to do what they have to do. El Alzeh, it said, and do what's good. Dwell in the land and pasture with loyalty. It means when a person will do his duty so HaKadosh Baruch Hu will see to it that the rare eventualities will be prevented from harming him. Unless he himself sees something that is a real danger, then of course that always has to be kept in mind. The truth is that these people are careless when it comes to real danger. You see, they put their children in danger when they uh, leave them alone in the room with the Hanukkah candles leave them alone in the room with the Shabbos candles, when they make ridiculous chomets, so it becomes like an uh, opportunity for entertainment, all the children come along with him as he's carrying the candle. See, the person is not careful at all. Many things, you see, he's not careful, he crosses the street when he wants to cross, 
even against the traffic lights. These people ignore the safety precautions. Only when it comes to doing something good, all of a sudden they become aware of not only the safety precautions, but things that nobody else thought of before. And that's all engendered by the laziness. Say that. To sum up, a man has to make himself as if he were temporarily in this world and permanently in the service of Hashem. It means for worldly things is only a temporary matter. It's just an incidental. That's a man has a job. His job is incidental. But his service of Hashem, that's his real job in life. Now, it doesn't mean a person should neglect his job or shouldn't give much time to his partners. No. But he has to regard all the worldly things as if they are casual and incidental things. And when he comes to serving Hashem, that's his purpose in life. So let's say when he comes to come to the base of Knesset or comes to learn Torah, to do mitzvahs, that's the purpose of life. But he has to be in the store in his business even nine hours a day, no matter how long he has to spend time, and he should spend time making a living, but that's only incidental. He should be satisfied in the situation of the world that comes along in order to carry out his purpose in life. So let's say, if he has to go at night to attend Shirim to learn, he should feel that's his life. What happened in the daytime was just incidental and casual. Now to do it, but it's not the main purpose of life. Like a person goes to the bathroom. That's not the main purpose of life. He has to go to relieve himself. But you say his purpose is in the toilet? No. And therefore, even a man is seven or eight hours in his business, it's only casual. The hour, whatever he spends in learning Torah, that's his life. He should take whatever comes in his hand. So let's say he doesn't have such a convenient seat, not so comfortable, maybe a hard bench. He shouldn't look for too much conveniences because this is the main purpose of life. He should be far away from seeking repose, record of them, and he should be close to the thought of working and toil, because that's his business, to toil in life. Actually, it doesn't toil so much, but the idea of toil should be acceptable to him. Otherwise, as soon as he opens the Gemara, let's say he gives a yawn. He's already tired. If he opens it, when he sits down to supper, he doesn't yawn. Oh, they work the whole day long. When he sits down to eat, he never yawns before eating. So it shows it's only a matter of attitude. And so the attitude towards his learning or his mistress, this should be as if that's his business in life, and he should be ready to do it at all costs, means without any hesitation. And his heart should be confident and trusting Hashem and not to be worried of excessive fears. You shouldn't fear what will happen from the seasons or from what happens in times. Once more, if it's a real cause for danger, there's no question. No question. But these people do not 
really have a regard for the rules of safety and precautions. And therefore, we see that their fears only come from the source of laziness. Say that. No part of this lecture may be reproduced in any form, even for personal use.